Hello, hey Bjorn. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Oh, nice. Yes, good. I'm excited for this conversation. I think it's um, it's a good one. And for anyone listening, me and Bjorn were just speaking about kind of. Um, kind of how we'll do it with the questions that we're going to discuss and we'll hopefully get them to display on screen. Um, we've got quite a few, haven't we, to discuss, which are definitely really insightful. But I think first things first, Bjorn, I'd love for you to kind of give an introduction to yourself, what it is you do, what you're passionate about. Um, and yeah, tell everybody, including myself, what it is that you're, um, you're into, into at the minute. Yeah, so actually I need to uh, in between jobs as called, but I've been working late last six years within uh, <clears throat> 5G development, uh, and I work at Ericsson, and um, that is kind of cool having a move from um, kind of what we're used to, uh, maybe person-to-person communication or person-to-machine and machine-to-machine communication, and that opens up a number of fancy possibilities or use cases as we call it. Um, so that has been kind of, before that, I have a background in, in source in other interesting areas as well. And that is also important because we work also more in ecosystems nowadays. We don't do everything ourselves. And that is also more fun, as I see it. Yeah. Uh, and, and that is kind of the work, Bjorn, uh, on, on what I'm doing. And of course, I have private interest in sports and, and music primarily. Yeah, I know. I remember when we met in Stockholm, you were saying about kind of the heavy metal stuff. Yeah, and even heavier than heavy metal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, I mean, thank you again for joining us on the on the podcast. I mean, we've got some really good questions to dig deeper into. For someone from kind of your background, the work you've been doing, it's going to set to be a really good conversation around kind of how to create a strong team culture how to create an amazing team culture. We'll go into kind of your leadership style and any kind of wins and successes that you've had. Um, so yeah, let's do it. And kick, kicking off with the first question of what does culture mean to you? Yeah, I mean, there are two aspects. One is kind of a definition if you look at Wikipedia, what is culture? I think it's that's the common belief among a major part of the population or something. Uh, but for me, culture is the top number one important thing to work with <clears throat> because if you have a good culture then you become first of all more, more fun at work and then it will be more productive and successful so it's like getting into the good wheel of it says so yeah that's why it's number one for me super important yeah i think um you hear a lot it's kind of almost like a buzzword like team culture we have a great team culture this is our culture um but it does show that it's at the root of of everything and I suppose then, from your point of view, given your experiences, what you've done in the past, how do you create a team culture in reality? Yeah, and I was in first of all, I don't create it, the team creates it, but you, I can be a good enabler or moderator. <clears throat> uh, because there are teams, of course, that think they are the best culture in the world, but it doesn't harmonize with the rest of the company, then it doesn't fly. Mm. Um, I've been thinking since you sent the questions before, and for me, it's like natural coming in. If you have a positive attitude, and I always say you need to laugh at work every day. <laughs> That's a good starter. <clears throat> and also, uh, you know, it, it could also be that you have some idea of uh, 
like models and, and uh, act uh, adopt the leadership style to, for instance, fire dynamics or this uh, forming or restoring performing type of models mm -hmm. that we have. And if you're aware of that, it typically goes a bit faster. Uh, but that's maybe the school book type of tools. Uh, and, and then it's up also to how do you foster an openness that people see and dare speak about more or less everything and you're not, you know, shut down after you say something or people yeah. see it as uh, a good thing to improve and that we want. And then if you need uh, have that in place, then, then you can work on it. And that's my experience. Do any of the, I know you mentioned there, the kind of the school book, textbook ways of creating a team culture. Um, do any of them help with that openness of um, being able to share feedback, being able to collaborate without being offended and then ultimately being able to laugh at work? Yeah, and that is typically the kind of the final phase of the team. If you go back to the, I like the fire dynamics model of fire B is called now this. Where you can in the beginning is like belonging. Do I belong in this team? Am I allowed to get there? Am I invited or not? And that goes for everyone. <clears throat> as soon as you have a new person that starts all over, and then you go to another phase where you have more subgroups that like I like you, you like me, but we don't like the others. Uh, and then that typically many leadership teams or other work groups end up in that because you don't drive it all the way to the belonging phase where everything is allowed and all feedback is seen as something for the team to improve. So I've seen so many occasions where you don't take it to the last step and then you need to go through some harsh and tough discussions. But after that, when you have set the new norm of how we give each other feedback uh, and so on, then you typically belong to there and, and that's, you need to go there and need to see the signs of the work groups and then you're most effective and it's most fun. Yeah. And I suppose for you as, as a leader, as a manager, you want to create a culture for yourself as well, where it's fun and it's it's enjoyable to come yeah, to work. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I love that. And that's how... also important that you don't also, when you sit and you don't, if everyone listens to heavy metal and everyone is trading taekwondo and everyone, that means you don't have a broader competence in the team. So if I'm expert in that, I want to have people that complement team competence. I used to talk about the flower leadership versus uh, bear can leadership teams where everyone thinks the same, but you're so exposed to each other and then the flowers can cover a bigger area. Right. Okay. Interesting. I've never heard that one. Oh, I like you. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, love that. And how would you describe your leadership? And then ultimately, what effect does that have on team culture? So my leadership style is, I, I, I have invented a name for it also, I call it eye soccer ring leadership style, meaning that's a quite big area of tolerance, okay, but you come to the outer surface of the hockey rink, then it's tough, you don't pass that, because I have a tolerance that are wide, but the, and that's typically good, instead of boxing ring that is smaller, but you can stretch it, oh. so that's a bit different. Have you have you made up these um these analogies? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I know. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and uh, and I think it's expected and or appreciated. Um, um, so it, it works for me. Yeah. But I'm you know enthusiastic, positive, and and if there are you know tough discussions, I don't take it seriously. Don't sit and laugh, of course, during those discussions, and respect how the individuals, wherever we are in our own team or other teams feel at the moment about the change for instance as well so you respect that and 
need to see you to come just clear run over people. In the end, you might need to do it anyway, but at least you have the discussion and yeah, say because the change curve are different for different people. So, so I would say maybe a bit charismatic, enthusiastic. I'm also I literally love to improve things all the time. It's a constant improve, 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 improve. So it's oh, a constant change. If it's for the better, of course, it mm. must be a purpose. And also I'm very target driven. I like, you know, to, to win. <laughs> Take gold medal in whatever we do then deliver on time with budget and performance as well. So Yeah. I think that's fun. I think the continuous kind of improvement mindset. Um, I was actually speaking to somebody over at Klarna yesterday and they were saying that's something that's really helped them is because it's there's not an end goal. It's you're constantly, constantly trying to improve because something new will then happen and you'll create something new which will then develop into something. Um, so it's not like this is the end goal. That's just the starting point, um, which sounds similar to what you're saying there. Mm. And it goes also, I mean, for product process and people leadership you can involve that also over time i mean team culture what well, is the next step in the ultimate efficient team and, and so on so i'm kind of curious and exploring those areas <clears throat> yeah no i love that okay um and then the next one we've got is can you give an example of a team project you've worked on where the culture was positive but then ultimately the secret is what made it so positive yeah, that's uh, yeah, many, um, of course. But I could take my the freshest memory down is the last leadership team I had uh, started then from typically usually when you, you you jump into a team and then there are already people there, but when you build from scratch, that's another way of, of building a team then. Uh, and then how we uh, gradually approached challenges that maybe are not typically in line with the blueprint of Ericsson uh, that work. We have a strong product and service culture, but we work in the borderline between. So okay. then I needed to get people with that kind of, you know, the flower type of competence also, as well as social skills. If you have a multiple stakeholder environment, then you need to have maybe more networking skills than normally, if I say so. Uh, and then the trick to find that those individuals first, but then also how we kind of methodically, systematically worked to improve the team. And we had special then quarterly strategy sessions where we dedicated team building, not as classic, you know, having nice dinners, playing soccer, but also to discuss how we should behave according to maybe new leadership frameworks, as well as what we uh, thought ourselves were important. And I, at least taking it to that level and everyone engage also in different topics. So I will not be the one driving the team. The team drives the team oh. to become better. So you were responsible for this topic and you and you and I typically work also in battle pairs is really good to drive right. improvement and change. So, and then you built it into the kind of the normal operation. So it's not something special, it's just daily basis. And then it works a lot much, a lot better. Right, and with you, so it's kind of like a bit more effort to get it into kind of the standard process, but mm. then you'll use the team as well to kind of help that, um, and then it just becomes second nature. Yes, and then I think it's uh, then it, the, the culture is to also develop the team, I would say. Our team, right. all the other teams that are around, and also yeah. virtual teams, and that takes also a while to fix that, but you can do it if you... Um, 
you know, have a methodology behind or take a systematic approach to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Nice. Right. Uh, we've got some yeah. questions in the comments here, actually, that's come from Sean asking around how do you promote work-life balance and prevent burnout within the team? Yeah. So I tried to lead by example and I uh, also see to that everyone is um, you know, have a time to maybe train, exercise, if it's just walking, that you should put it into your schedule, actually, and have targets. Okay, now I have uh, 50 kilos in the, in the bench, but in one year I will have 80 or something. I don't know why I kid, you know. So you feel that there's a balance, because I don't want to have these mails late in the evening on meetings after hours if you don't, if just not panic. Um, and I've tried to leave it myself as well. Because if I'm super stressed and don't have time for micro conversations, then what kind of a scene do I set there? It doesn't work. So yeah, yeah. Leave, leave it myself. Yeah, I suppose that comes back to as well when you're starting a new team, they look up to you. You're the leader. You're the one kind of setting the the way forwards. Yeah, but I want to have it like all over the organization, not just in my own mm -hmm. team. Like the entire organization should be that. And also when we work with others, like suppliers, partners, or people from other parts of the organization, it should be the same. When you work with us, you should see like you have work-life balance because in the end, no one benefits from you know getting home, being sick, or getting tired at work and so. Yeah. So the trick is everyone could also come up with ideas. How do we improve this? Yeah, I love that. Again, the continuous improvement. Um, okay, and another question here from Peter, who's asked, how do you work on developing your leadership? Good question. My own. Yeah, I like this one. Yeah, so I, I, you know, I try to also learn from others, and, and I see stuff I like and ideas, and then I, I steal them with pride <laughs> and not to work for me. And also sometimes you, you know, you do experiments and uh, that maybe doesn't work, yeah, but then you learn from that as well. <clears throat> uh, it's okay to do fail, failure, but, you know, repair it fast so you don't, you know, drag it out. So it could be a new way of setting up the team meetings or how to run meetings, how to uh, coach, mentoring, sponsor, that's a different thing. I also practice that a lot when I have the possibility to... Um, coach others outside my organization and then you also learn from them how they respond to my coaching so on and that learned me a lot though say different uh, cultures different ages of people and different roles yeah no that sounds amazing and has there been anything any kind of one key i don't know idea you've stolen or thing you've implemented that has been a highlight for you that really really works yeah, I think uh, when I started to treat the psychosocial work environment as you treat the product or, or a process or a service to develop, that was kind of an eye-opener and that was many years ago. But people tend to do that on the side. And I think, as I said, it's part of the culture and it's super important. So uh, <clears throat> then that was an eye-opener for me at least and it worked super good in various flavors. So I used that a lot. Okay, no, love that idea. Um, and moving on to some, got quite a few more questions here. Um, how do you balance the need for autonomy with the need for direction and guidance in your team? Yeah, that's a very good. Uh, it's a balance act, of course, and and I like to have most of autonomy, but I don't want you know to invent the wheel again, or if it start to you know 
diverse somewhere that because there are corporate guidelines, there are process stuff, and then please go back to those. But I really love experimentation. Different groups can work differently as long as we, you know, deliver what we should do. I think, and also that creates a culture and an atmosphere where people dare to experiment and try new stuff. You don't need to go through me all the time. Uh, because I don't like that. But I like yeah. new ideas and we can share with each other. And, hey, I learned this. What do you think about that? So they try to promote that also. Yeah, and kind of, it sounds like then you're allowing yourself and your team to really innovate. Yeah. Yeah. I like I that. Know. And it creates more more actually good ideas and in the end become more efficient even though we work within the stated office hours. Yeah, and I suppose it, it's kind of like the diversity of thought and different approaches. Everybody will approach the same problem slightly yeah. differently, um, which I suppose could really, really open different avenues, different ideas, different solutions and different doors way yeah. down the line. Okay, nice. And another question over here in the comments from Medi is what are your favorite books when it comes to team and organized organization culture? Well, now I have to confess, I, I haven't been reading that much literature in the topic. I had to when I had this earlier, you know, leadership uh, courses in my career. So for various books, uh, about everything from, his name is Willie Smith, the strategist uh, guy that's been written uh, in lots of books. But otherwise, it's back to this. Uh, I, I, and I don't know why. I like just fire dynamics. And that was actually a psychologist on an American battleship that found out that why is one of the three Canon towers more efficient than the others, and they start to interview, and then they kind of, you know, got the model up there. So I, I, that's one I recommend to really. I don't remember his name, unfortunately. Maybe we can fix that. But uh, right, yeah. and I've read also part of older stuff, actually, like uh, Sun Tzu and all this uh, Chinese warlords parts. And uh, right. there's nothing new. I mean, two thousand years ago, it's still applicable. We haven't evolved as human beings as much in that small time frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I again, I'm not a massive reader um, about these kind of things, but you do see a lot of similarities in a lot of different books, um, a lot of different kind of literature, and you kind of think the principles are almost the same. It's just the delivery is different. Um, but yeah, you said that almost kind of key for you in in the um, the years where you did read a bit more. Mm. Okay, uh, nice. I, I, I think I'll watch more YouTube stuff nowadays. But uh, another thing also, I think I've learned a lot by have been working with maybe not so super skilled leaders that are not super interested in people um, back in the days. And that has also been, you know, a good way of not to leave. Yeah, yeah, like learning from their mistakes. <laughs> yeah, like secondhand learning. Okay, mm. nice. Um, I love that one. And then we've got a question here. What are some common challenges that can under undermine team performance and how do you address them? And um, yeah, of course, big changes that are tougher, of course, that typically takes out energy and then you need to, you know, monitor the change curve for everyone because we have also now another model called the microwave oven popcorn model. <laughs> and you put that in the microwave oven and turn on the heat, some pops directly because they are you know, change friendly, but then there are the ones that never change. And if you wait for them, the entire bag would be super burnt, you know, so it doesn't work. So you need to adopt oh, and how to go right. through that and, and talk about it um, and listen in. So we kind of, kind of uh, agree on this change is happening. Uh, we need to understand why. 
it sucks at the moment. It will probably suck for another while, but then in the end, probably be something better. So that's something. Um, if it's a change, if it's just, um, I've been also coming into positions where there's been kind of low energy, and then you need to work on the energy, and it could be everything from people that kind of I should leave maybe, and then after that, the energy start to come back, or we we work with team building and. Um, because, as I said, many teams are some get stuck in a certain phase where they're not productive and there are subgroups and then it becomes just uh, boring at work, I would say. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's definitely um, a lot to learn as a leader because there's so many different challenges and different situations that you'll come across that, um, mm. yeah, could, could have a bit of a, a negative impact. Um, and then another question here from Medi is... How do you think recent layoffs impact morale and team culture and what do you do to kind of mitigate or, or kind of help with these negative effects? Yeah, I mean, these layoffs is typically the, the worst thing you have to handle as a leader. Um, for the company, of course, it's uh, necessary. Uh, but then again, when we follow up like a year later, 90% plus or 95% plus have you know, got something new and better and before so it's kind of if you manage to get it through this change curve again and uh, people realized it could be a new opportunity that, that is the trick but at yeah. the moment when you get the information i mean i still feel after all these years i've been there every time it happens like wow you need to mentally you know go through your change curve because then you start to look into okay now these steps will happen so and then again it's communication 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 why we do this what happens opportunities Maybe it's time to do something new anyway. And, and now it's a golden opportunity and so on. And be present. Then it doesn't work to work hybrid in that type of scenario. So you must be at the office. Now in the new world we live in, it's a bit more tricky, but it's super, super important in those occasions to be present. Yeah, so being be close there. to the people. Don't cook up a lot of meetings, be there. Okay, okay. How long is it you've been at Ericsson all together? 27 years so wow yeah so definitely been through, through some situations <laughs> yes. um and i suppose on a more positive note what do you think kind of is a a win or how does the company celebrate successes and how does that affect the team culture yeah i mean we have different types of uh or we have the micro success where maybe you go out together with someone and have just a lunch the two of you or you celebrate in a team due to a successful job or whatever. And you can do that in a hundred thousand different ways. <clears throat> um, what I appreciate most is when maybe, uh, you know, you bring people home to your house and, you know, make, make dinner together and come to drinks and listen to music. I think that's the most, the one I like most. Uh, and I, I've run that a lot. Uh, and then, of course, we have all the way up to like get the back after vacation celebration for an entire site. It could be hundreds of even thousands of people. Or you have live bands and so on. So they're all different. And then there are also, we have a system where we can actually give each other recognition. And you can try okay. translate in the form of stars. And we can translate that into actually points where you can, in the end, buy something in the in the Ericsson store or whatever, you know, if you connect those. So that's kind of a new, interesting models that yeah. are running now and i really like it because it's really easy just to send it by and then everyone gets a certain amount of stars you can share them with people yeah i like that 
That sounds very modern, very new way of doing Yes, I think so also. We used it in parts of the company before, but now it's all over, so I think it's really good. Oh, nice. Love that. And in terms of re-motivation, so how do managers re-motivate when you've not hit the targets or the deadline or the objectives? What would be your advice for people in this situation? Yeah, typically you're doing a little bit of retrospective, what happened and, and why did we don't reach the full potential as we thought from the beginning and to you have a learning session around that. Uh, I think that's a good method actually to everyone that, you know, okay, next time we will do this is that and now we'll become better and so on. And also kind of recognize that it's, it's not end of the world, um, but we need to you know, learn from this and go forward and do it better next time. Yeah, there's always something new, isn't there, to kind of work on mm. and, like you said, learn from and implement. Yeah. And again, I think also enthusiastic approach always helps. And also that you're, you know, come on, guys, let's do it again. No, like the soccer team coach or whatever. Have yeah. Would you say your management then is kind of, like you say, more positive rather than being like harsh and then pointing out the weaknesses it's more kind of encouraging i would say that i know but then again there are some people on the call here that knows me so they, they <laughs> but i i think i'm seen as you know a positive enthusiastic type of person and it works better of course when it's super serious and super whatever happens then you need to be more like you know take control of the situation and and uh, so but that's very very seldom and less and less occasions the older i am i think uh, it happens. Yeah. No, I think that sounds like you've got a good setups and you're enjoying the culture as well. You're you're enjoying being a leader. Yeah, and as long as you can, you know, influence the culture and, and, and improve it, then it's super good. And, and, and then the back again, that was, we treat the culture as a product. I think that's yeah super important. Okay, nice. Thank you for that. And I know also that we've been looking into how what we call this... Uh, the millennials and generations out and all this type of that is more and more important now for uh, the next generation of people coming in here that there is a sound culture it yeah on top of my work environment the culture is on top and then maybe cool cool stuff to do yeah i think i listened to a podcast as well like you said about the kind of millennial gen z and it was saying um they want to work at a company where they feel valued they feel respect and the culture mm. is kind of amazing for them um it's quite easy for them to to try and find that elsewhere so yeah i think you've hit the nail on the head of creating the culture that people want to be in mm-hmm. nice how would you kind of um to answer this question how would you resolve conflicts in the company what methods do you have well uh, there are of course general methods that are i think the same as other companies uh, you, you call for a meeting and then discuss whatever topics it is but there are also other stuff that you can kind of de-dramatize or uh, how you use the word don't make such a big thing of it i mean okay okay we sit there you mr a and mrs b here you are you are don't agree and, and i understand that so we agree that we don't agree okay thank you <laughs> you can take it forward so it doesn't become a big fuss you know and always yeah. talk to the ones involved don't talk about the persons involved talk to yeah Yes. Okay, I like most that. efficient, and then you can sort of say solve it uh, much earlier and with less effort. Yeah, just tackling it straight on with the people, not kind of 
Like because the worst thing is to call for a meeting, including our age or people, business partners, because nowadays and they should solve it. They can, they can, they can be, you know, coach or mentoring, but you need to solve it. Yeah. But as a line manager, to step in and, and facilitate it, of course, if people can't reach. Yeah. It's in the improvement. Of course. Of course. And then another question here from Sam is what role does leadership play in creating and sustaining a strong team culture? Um, I think we've kind of touched on how you do it, but what more so on the leadership of the company would you say um, to answer this question? No, I mean, first of all, you need to have strong people leadership skills and also organizational skills uh, to understand how it actually works. Um, so you can just not just shout out, hey guys, you need to be better or you need to stop fighting or whatever, you know, <laughs> and then leave. <laughs> it doesn't work. So um, that's why the people leadership is very important. Then there are other qualities like strategic um, competence or, you know, technical skills or process related skills, or whatever. But um, for me, that's uh, super important. I've seen yeah. so many people that are leaders and shouldn't be leaders because they are not interested in people and people development. They are super good individuals, but they could probably do better as key contributors. Yeah, I think it's that typical kind of challenge of when someone excels really well in whatever role they're in and they come up for a promotion, if the next stage is for them to become kind of a people leader, yeah. is that the right decision? Is that right for them? Is that right for them to then have a team underneath them? Um, what would you say about kind of people who want to step into leadership? It, do they need the passion of wanting to help people? Yeah, I explain how, how, how I see the, the world of leading people. And you can do it, of course, in different setups, project manager, technical leader, running studies, or, or line manager, as we call it. <clears throat> but do you need to have a passion for, for people? Uh, and, and historically, that was maybe the only seen career before many years ago, but now you can do a career in whatever you want, according to our model and uh, also the business needs in different roles. And so you don't necessarily need to stick to it the only one. So you have a bigger flavor of opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And another question here, a bit more of um, a personal one. Do you have any role models when it comes to leadership and management? Yeah, I probably have. But it typically don't write down their names, but I met good people that I learned from. And they've been my own managers, but also other people inside and outside the company. And I've been also active in the Swedish Sports Federation many years, and I saw super good people. And they have one thing in common, that you want to work with them. Um... And that is kind of a common denominator all over. I mean, it doesn't mean they have a fast car or they have a good musical taste. You know, you want to work with them. Yeah. Is there any specific reasons that you, you remember of why you wanted to work with these people? I think sound, reasoning, relaxed, uh, safe in their role, uh, in, in themselves. Uh, you know, so it's, um, uh, what, what I typically am allergic to is micromanagement. Uh, oh. I, I could call myself macromanager instead. Um, ah. And um, that is also an indicator of that you're maybe not super sure about your own skills and, and uh, you're not super confident in your role uh, when you see that type of behavior. So, uh, 
And I don't want to put any specific names here because then the ones I don't mention might be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll get a few text kind of a messages. Common thing that I've <laughs> yes. Okay, no, I love that. I think it, it sounds like you relate to the managers that you then became in your management style, which is quite nice, a nice way of looking at it. Okay, um, and another question here, how do you improve team motivation if the team is unhappy with kind of decisions from the top? Yeah, that's a classic one when I become the messenger. Okay, now there's a new directive here, we shall do this and not that. <clears throat> Everyone is like, well, there, of course, you take a discussion and try to also break down the rationale behind. Why are we doing this? Why is this directive coming now? Uh, and try to paint the bigger picture in order to, you know, get a better understanding. And if that doesn't help, then we discuss, okay, what does it mean for us? Uh, don't do anything is not an option. So then how can we, you know, do it in the best way? And it's also many times back to a change curve that initially think, why should we do this? This sucks. And then after a while, maybe, maybe it's good. Now we, okay, we can try it. And then uh, it went pretty good. Or we did our own flavor on it. So. Right. So it's working pretty good. Is it kind of like working? It sounds like if I'm putting myself in your shoes, um, working with the decisions that have been made, but also making it work for the team, the culture, the personalities, and, and the way of working there as well. Yeah, okay. because one other thing, I think lots of companies have the same issue that after the pandemic, and, and that was tricky to get everyone back to the office because it's super cost to run around with their pajamas at home, <laughs> taking coffee, you know. <clears throat> so then you need to, how do we attract people back to the office? Then yeah, we do some fun stuff and, you know, have some discussions, meetings that people feel that it's worth to go in there because, again, we build the culture together. And I think face-to-face -face meetings is important to do that. Yeah. It's trickier to build culture on just, I probably, it works when they get more skilled than they are now. Um, but for me, their physical meeting is outstanding when it comes to, you know, get to know people and also, you know, micro meetings by the golf machine, catch some on the corridor and so. That has yeah. been a bit of a trick, but I think it's improving now. Yeah, I think it's kind of underestimated, isn't it? Like you say, the the meeting at the coffee machine or getting a drink together, going to grab a glass of water. Those are kind of little things that maybe not booked in the diary, not scheduled, but do actually make a difference. Yeah, because I don't believe in forcing people back. Hey, you need to be at office Tuesdays, Wednesdays, right? Because in other parts of the world, if you're in France, there's a lot. You can't be home at Mondays and Fridays. Yeah. So you need to be at the office Mondays and Fridays and then it's free. Do whatever. Yeah, I remember. I think we spoke about that, didn't we? It's uh, I'd never heard that before before we had that conversation. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting the way that they do it. Um, no, lovely, good, good question. Thank you for that. Um, now this next one, a little bit different. How does a company work with third-party suppliers, and then how do you encourage the team to include them as part of the overall solution? team building yeah that's uh, also super important i think first of all you should see third party as if you can have different roles of course it could be a direct supplier or a partner and that's a little bit different um but nevertheless you start with treating them the same as the people in the company but there's no difference we might have different colors on our badges and so on but that's it because then you do the inclusion so to say they must feel inclusive we 
we are welcome to work with Ericsson and work together. And, and because then if you feel that, then you create the team. Unless there is totally kind of consultative type, you send out something and then you get something back after a couple of months. That's another type of setup. But then it's more of a sub supplier or just buy something. But nevertheless, everyone is interested to improve the relation and the relation comes also of a more improving business and win-win and so on. So in the end, it's the same way, uh, I would say, internally or externally. And in my experience, that works pretty good, actually. People feel that, yeah, we want to work with you because you're so nice to work with. Yeah, and it's kind of treating them, treating them the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, lovely. And another question from the comments here is, can you share some tips for, for providing constructive feedback that helps team members grow and improve? I think feedback is an important one. So, yeah, nice question. Yeah, it is. And also how we do it. There is another HIPS, almost immediate, um, professional specific HIPS model you have to do. But don't wait with it. That's my tip. Take it up front and also think about how you do it. Instead of, you were late again. Maybe it's not the best way. It's like, I, you know, I, I need to confess, but I feel a little bit that you don't, you know, respect us in our time when you will pop up this late for now third time in a row. So how can we change that? That's another way of putting it. It works yeah. much better, I would say. I think, um, yeah, because sometimes you have to give the feedback, don't you? You can't avoid it. Yeah, well, you can't wait for it. it because, because then others get sore because you don't act. Yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about that. I like that idea, just doing it head on. And and something we discussed before this was kind of what occasions do employees provide each other with feedback? So members of your team still on the on the feedback topic, but between themselves rather than feedback from you. Yeah, uh, but that's also depending on the majority of the, of the team. Then it's uh, when you're in, in the belonging phase, it's naturally comes. Every time we meet, yeah, it's super good job and thanks for helping me and, you know, that type of, and even I, you know, next time we need to do it differently, kind of constructive feedback and it comes spontaneously. Uh, and of course it happens maybe more when I'm not part of it as well. And uh, if it's not working, then someone will come to me. Hey, I had a discussion with colleague B here about colleague C and, and you know. I said, well, why, why do you come to me with that tech that we call exist then? <laughs> then you come back to me. <laughs> uh, and that's, uh, so you know. And again, don't make a drama of it. It's it's a gift you're giving. Feedback is a gift. Then it's up to the receiver how I treat my gift. If I throw it in the paper basket or if I actually use it and, and improve myself. You know, I think it's... Yeah. So you, you are, do you know what it's interesting so a lot of people I think when they hear feedback just presume it's a negative just presume it's kind mm -hmm. of something that's uncomfortable or isn't a good thing but like you said you actually are giving a gift you're doing something that's going to help somebody yes and also yeah. again how you take it I mean there are them no you're wrong and that's where you are in maturity and what they call the feedback stare then so everything from denial up until you know realize or improve and thank you but I have a change and never everything yeah. in between. No, I think it, do you know what? It's you make it sound very easy, Bjorn. I'll be honest. You have it hurts in your stomach. How should I present this <laughs> now? And, and uh, it's just like tougher feedback and so on. You know, 
But if, but when no. you do it a lot and after a certain while, you can do it in a way that it becomes actually been, been to meetings where people come in super angry and then left the meeting. Thanks a lot. And now super good and are happy. And then you have a really good feedback session. Yeah. But that's yeah. Uh, learning as everything else. If you can nail that, then it's uh, a definitely a mm. good skill. Lovely. And then one of our last few questions have you been in a situation that required you to turn around the culture and if so what was the approach and what challenges did you face yes so i have had that position um so i think it was 10 years ago i took that position where the entire mentality was an underdog mentality we are just victims of processes and other decisions we can't influence anything that was the day one kind of impression when I came there and everyone was complaining, everyone sent me mail, oh, I heard you're a new manager here, you know, this place is not good enough, there are tons of things that we should improve, but no one's doing anything, blah, 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 blah. So that, you need to take it from the scratch, okay, stop that, okay, where are we now and why? Where do we want to go? You know, and start to work with that, and where do we need to go? But no one, everyone is, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you, you know, take around among the stakeholders, interview them and say, this is what they say. They really appreciate what we do. No, they don't. No, but they are saying that. Then I have to bring the people in to all the boy meetings. Hey, guys, you're super important, super good. And gradually, if you don't believe me, maybe believe the stakeholders. And then start like that. And then gradually start to build it up. And then the confidence in the organization. So we went from underdogs to top dogs. So that was the strategy, TOP, technology operation people, you know, top dogs. Oh. Um, and I worked really good, actually. So, yeah. I mean, How long did that take, that kind of culture shift, that took, mentality? Yeah, um, I would say three, four years. So it's not an overnight process. Establishing new site because we acquired companies, I got more people in, you need to get them into the loop and so on. But, uh, I think, was it three years, three, maybe four? Yeah. Well, I mean, sounds sounds like a good story. Yeah, it is. It is. Result. It was really interesting. No, I love that. Um, and then one of our final questions, um, we did kind of touch on this slightly, but more um, how a big company decision taken within Ericsson um, and more so from your point of a leader, how to, te- to how to keep the team culture when there are kind of big company decisions that have been made. I mean, first of all, how the decisions are taken depends on what level you have everything up to the, you know, annual uh, stock shareholder meetings. That's once a year to the board and to the leadership team of Ericsson, the business area and so on and so on. That typically, the higher up decisions are taken, they are also more prepared of course so it's no surprises popping up so there will seldom be discussions and uh, when i've been part of those kind of at least business area leadership team situations there's a lot of preparation you send in previews people can study the topics and there's more people of course so they understand it and then you come to the discussion and then you take a decision otherwise you know we can do on the fly if it's easy Shall we celebrate this uh, person's 30th birthday on Thursday, Friday? No, let's take Friday. And that's it. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's not typical for a big company. <laughs> I would say you prepare a lot and, and also fact based, fact based, fact based. There are no emotions involved. Even though people feel a bit irritated or don't like the decision, whatever it takes, it's fact based. 
Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of answers and kind of things that you're describing which have a lot of like principles, I would say. So like you said, taking the emotion out of things, continually improving, um, kind of feedback, communication. What would you say are kind of the beyond top tips as a as a leader when it comes to culture if there was any key things that you would like to pass on to other leaders or future leaders what would you say are the main areas to focus on yeah, i depend on of course where you start but uh, there are you know levels of, of the uh, heat whenever but you need to you know start communicate where you see that this is how I want to have it on my workplace. Do you agree? And then take a discussion with them. Shouldn't we go there? Where are we today? And then work systematically with that. So everyone is acknowledging that there is a need for improvement. Because if I come in and say, hey, now we should have a new culture. And everyone thinks it's a super good culture. Then it will not fly. So I, I, I need to first reflect when I'm new. Where, what's good, What's what can be improved, and then take a discussion. And hey guys, what do you think about going this? Also have some kind of visionary type of um, approach as well to you know, paint the bigger picture. Yeah. And then involve yeah. people, engage people. You can't lock yourself in in some kind of conference castle out somewhere in outside Stockholm and sit there for three days and come back. Now I have a plan. It will never fight. <laughs> uh, you need to engage everyone and then typically use these informal leaders also to uh, work systematically with because they also have the colleagues trust uh, and that it works but they kind of they become ambassadors and in the end involve everyone yeah yeah no I love that I think there's been some really really insightful pieces of information there I mean one thank you for coming on and, and talking to me about it answering the questions from the people listening um this will be available on spotify as well and i'm sure that bjorn you'll agree if anybody wants to kind of ask any more questions feel free to reach out to myself or bjorn uh, but yeah, any final still, things uh, to share any final things from you bjorn uh no i mean but if you uh you know like to work as a line manager it's a really interesting job because you learn a lot as well but we you know listen up a lot i would say that's been my learning when i was younger i was at have tons of funny ideas and just run away and then suddenly hey T, where are you i was running too fast you also need to <laughs> wait for wherever one for one of the the change uh, and the need for change first of all so and be happy and positive that always yeah. helps even though it's tough times it helps a lot yeah. Laugh at work. That's maybe a thing you should bring. Yeah, and laugh at work. I think that should be the tagline. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Bjorn, for your insight. Yeah, um, you. And for anyone... Oh, no worries. Yeah. And for anyone listening, if anybody's interested in participating in a future podcast or, like I said, discussing uh, with myself or Bjorn, feel free to reach out.